0: Good afternoon, heaven. Glad we can come together, glad we can worship God together in spirit and in truth. Even though we are apart, we can still be together learning from God's word. For the month of May, we're going to be spending our time in the book of 1 John. And we want to talk about the concept of fellowship. What fellowship looks like, how we maintain fellowship, what fellowship isn't. All is talked about here in the book of 1 John. And it's really entrenched with this idea of intimacy, uh, an emotional type of relationship that we can have with God, with one another. I think sometimes we think that intimacy only belongs in a marriage between husband and wife, uh, but that's not always the case. Intimacy can happen in all sorts of relationships. It's an emotional type of relationship. It's a camaraderie. It's a brotherhood. And we can, uh, it's a, par- a, a parent to child relationship. So intimacy goes beyond the marriage. Uh, intimacy can be found in many relationships. And it must be found, obviously, in our relationship with God. And it must even be found in our relationship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. So what John does beautifully is he talks about this invitation to fellowship. Now, I think all of us pretty much love invitations. And I think the sole purpose or the reason behind that is because God designed us to be social beings. So we love to be invited to social events. We love to be invited to birthdays, weddings, parties, um, you name it. Right? Just to sit and have coffee with someone. We love those invitations. Even the shyest of us love to be invited to things. And so, um, and again, that goes back to our nature. It goes back to how God designed us. And so, what John does beautifully in John chapter 1 is he invites us into this relationship that he is experiencing. Now, keep in mind also, as he's talking about this uh, intimate relationship or this fellowship that he has with the Savior, as we're going to look. Uh, Keep in mind that there are groups of people during this time, and it's happening even today. There are groups of people out there who will basically claim that Jesus never came to this earth. He never came in the form of man, uh, and that man is inherently evil, and that's impossible. Well, if you go all the way back to the beginning, Adam and Eve were not created inherently evil. They were in the midst of God, like how perfect life would have been at that point, right? It wasn't until later that they turned away from God, right? They sinned against him. So, and every single child that's born is not inherently evil. They don't know right from wrong, right? So how can they be held accountable? Well, there were people who were basically saying that. And and the other thing is, too, is that if this is true, then God... Then how could salvation happen for us? Because in order for salvation to happen, God had to come in the form of man and die a death in order for us to have salvation. So um, John refutes this idea by basically saying that he witnessed the Savior. So see what John is saying here, starting at John chapter 1 and verse 1, we're looking through verses 1 through 4. John says this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. So John goes back to um, his original thoughts, if you would, from his other writings. Think about uh, the gospel of John that he wrote. He starts off by talking about, in the beginning was the Word, right? And the Word was with God, the Word was God. Um, so, he's talking about the, the same person he's talking about here, he's talking about in the Gospel of John. And then you drop down to verse 14 of that same chapter, chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, and you realize he's talking about Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we witnessed His glory, right? Right? Um, So he's talking about Jesus, the Son of God. He came, physically came to this world and lived as a man. And so John uh, describes this intimate relationship that he had with the Savior while he was on earth. He says that he heard the Savior. He actually heard the lessons in which he spoke to them. Um, He uh, saw the Savior he saw him with his own eyes and then he said he looked upon him he studied the Savior for th- for three years approximately John was in the presence of Jesus and there were other disciples too, probably alive during this time maybe even reading this book that also witnessed Jesus in this way also saw him also heard him um, and also looked upon him and studied him. And he even says that he touched him with his hands. So he hugged the Savior. He would have held his hand, right? Um, Jesus would have comforted him in the physical uh, way that we would comfort our brothers and sisters, right? So Jesus would have done these things. And so he was physically present. And John is saying that, He witnessed this. He saw this. He heard this. He felt the Savior. And so basically bashing the groups out there who were basically saying that Jesus never came in the flesh. John says, no, he did. And I witnessed him. I saw him. And he says, this man or this Savior was the word of life. Now imagine that. So he's sticking with, John is sticking with the several themes. And even in the book of Revelation, the beginning of that uh, of that chapter, he talks about the witnessing uh, of the Savior. And so John keeps to this theme throughout most of his writings uh, about witnessing the Savior, again, going against those who would claim that the Savior never existed. Verse number two, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life. So it was manifested to them, it was revealed to them this, etern- this word of life and because of this, because he saw the word of the word of life, being Jesus, he testifies of it, he says he claims that he saw Jesus and then he proclaims that through him through Christ is eternal life. Life, so you see, this intimate relationship that John is having with the Savior and how precious that relationship is. Who else, as Peter said to Jesus in front of the other disciples, who apostles, who else has the words of eternal life? John understood also that Jesus was the one that had eternal life, and then watch this, he talks about. Even the relationship that Jesus had with the Father, which was, at the end of verse 2, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. So Jesus, remember Jesus and the Father are one. And so that relationship there was intimate. And so it was revealed to them, this intimate relationship, between the Father and the Son, and the Father proclaiming that this is his begotten Son, whom he is well pleased, hear him, right? Now, verse 3, here's where it gets interesting. Verse 3. So talking about this intimate relationship that John had with the Savior, he says, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. So we proclaim this Savior to you. So again, he's talking to people who have already obeyed the gospel, but he's explaining the process in which this happened. So he proclaimed it to you, and this is the reason. He gives the explanation to why he proclaimed it to them. So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now just stop there for just a moment and just just contemplate on this. None of us have physically seen the Savior. None of us have physically heard the Savior's voice. Yet John has, and the other disciples who lived during that time, would have witnessed Jesus physically and would have been in an emotional relationship with Jesus. But John says that we, too, can have the same type of relationship that John had with the Savior. We won't have a physical relationship in the same sense that he did. But we can definitely have an emotional relationship, an intimate relationship with the Father and with Jesus. John says it's possible To have the same type of relationship that I had with the Savior. So you can be in fellowship with us. And being in fellowship with us is being in fellowship with the Father and with the Son. Why? Because we've given our lives to the Messiah. And so can you. So he's giving this invitation. Come and join this intimate relationship with the Savior, come and join. But then he says at the end, in verse number four, he gives the reason for writing this letter entirely. And this is amazing. And we are writing these things so that our joy, or your joy, may be complete. I don't know about you, but during the time that we're in right now, it's very easy to lose sight of our joy. It's very easy for our situation right now to take our joy away from us. And again, being in isolation, um, having to quarantine, uh, having to not be able to hug each other and shake hands, and well, it's it's difficult. And so we're always challenged especially now we're challenged a lot of making sure that our joy isn't stolen right so what john does beautifully is that he talks about this intimate relationship with jesus and he says, i write this to you so that your joy won't be stolen that you won't let any group of people steal your joy, in that it is so precious that you can have this deep and emotional relationship with the Savior. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes we also struggle with—we uh, struggle um, with maybe feeling like Christ and and God is is far away from us. And we need to be reminded that when we study Scripture and when we pray to the Father, we're drawing closer to Him. We're drawing closer to Jesus. And we need to be reminded that we can get close to the Savior. We can be with Him on an emotional, intimate level, and we must we must have that intimate relationship with Jesus. So, I hope that you see from John, just from this first few passages, that it is possible to have an emotional relationship with the Savior. Here's my question to you. Are you inviting people to have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Are you telling people about this grand relationship that we and that you and I can have with the Savior of the world? Are you inviting people? John's inviting you to come and have this emotional relationship with Jesus. Are you, once you've obtained that, are you inviting other people? So that's my challenge to you Uh, these coming weeks start telling people about the amazing relationship that you have with jesus i hope this lesson has encouraged you in some way and that you can draw closer to christ you can draw closer to the father may god bless you we'll see you next time